0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. There's a word that's burning in my heart that's called show us your glory. Everyone say that with me. Show us your glory. Stand to your feet. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Exodus. I apologize. You just got done sitting down from uh, giving. Uh, But Exodus chapter 3 Verse 3, there's a story in the Word of God. It shares the account of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. Egypt has always been symbolic of bondage in the world. And as the children of Israel are coming out of bondage, Moses goes up to the mountaintop. And it's in the mountaintop God gives him the Ten Commandments. And while he's up there, he's up there for over 40 days. And the people begin to get nervous and uncomfortable. They're like, where's our leader at? Where did he go? We haven't seen him for a minute. And so while he's gone, they get together and take all the spoils, all the blessings. Someone say blessings. Blessings. They take all the blessings that God gave them and they give it to Aaron. And Aaron goes and takes all the gold and he melts it down and they create a golden calf. And they begin to worship this golden calf as the God that brought them out of Egypt. Have you ever given credit to someone else for something that God did? Come on, on, say it again, Pastor. They begin to give honor to this golden calf over what God was responsible for. Now, they got the gold because God moved on their behalf. You got the job because of God's goodness. You got the wife and the family because of God's goodness. You got the blessing because of God's faithfulness. And as a result, you end up giving credit to someone else of what God has given to you. And it ends up drawing them away from God rather than drawing them closer to God. And God gets to the point where God is faithful fed up, someone say fed up, Hello. gets fed up with his people. How many parents are in the house? How many love your kids? How many have ever wanted to kill your kid? Put your hands down. Although I feel you, I, I just, just, just don't want to get you in trouble, okay? Exodus verse 3, 33 verse 3 says this, Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. God's speaking to Moses. But I will not go with you. I ain't going. Get the people together, Moses, and go into the land of promise. But I'm not going with you. Because you are a stiff-necked people. Stubborn. Arrogant. Do things my own way. And I might destroy you on the way. Mm -hmm. Bow your heads with me. (laughs) Father, help help in Jesus' name. Everyone (laughs) says. You may be seated this morning. (laughs) You better because today's going to be fire. Come on. Uh, Let let me ask you a question. How many of you love receiving gifts? Uh, Giving gifts is part of my love language. I love blessing my, my, my wife with gifts. I love giving things to my, my kids. I love watching them open up gifts or giving something to Kyrie. He is a huge Hot Wheel fan. So any Hot Wheel you give him, he is excited. He opens it up. And you know what? When I walk out of my house every morning, I, every, every this season that we're in right now, when I walk out, there are lilies popping up all over our walkway. Because my dad, when we first moved into this house, came down from Sacramento and planted these bulbs. He put all these bulbs in the entryway. And every year, these flowers that my dad planted come up. And when I come out, it reminds me of my dad. I lost my dad three years ago. And I love the gifts that he gave us in these flowers when I walk out and I see them. It reminds me of him. I love the gift, but I would rather have the person. I would rather have my dad here with me than the flowers to remind me of him. But I want you to understand something. That, that many times in our lives, God has always wanted the best for his people. God has always wanted to do the best for his people. How many know that you were created in the image of God? You didn't, you didn't descend from a monkey. Although we got some family members that might look. Uh, you didn't descend from a monkey. Come on, somebody. All right, we were all created in the image of God, and God's the thing that I need you to understand though do not mistake God's love yeah. for God's approval. Come on. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, come on. Let me try this side. Yeah. Do not mistake God's love for God's approval. Yeah. My, my love for my children there's things that my children may do, it doesn't change my love for them, but it doesn't mean that I approve of their actions. Come on. Come on, somebody, follow me this morning. And so many times we get caught up in the fact that, that uh, we, we think that God is love. And because God is love, we forget that God is also just as well. That God is also a just God. That God is also a righteous God. And that a God that loves us also corrects us. Amen. There's not a parent that loves their children that doesn't correct their children. Come on, somebody. And see, that word stiff neck means this. It's a compound word in the Greek that means to be hard, severe, stubborn, arrogant, rebellion, or to literally turn your back on someone. In fact, the apostle Paul said that in the last days, people will become lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. And they, they, they want to hear what they want to hear. See, Moses is getting ready to lead these people into the promised land. Through through God's mighty hand, he brings them out of Egypt. The children of Israel had experienced the ten plagues. They experienced the Passover. They experienced the Red Sea open. They walked through on dry ground. They see the Red Sea destroy their enemies. They get manna from heaven. They have a pillar of fire during the evening, a pillar of cloud during the night that God showed up. He sends quail when they're hungry. God, they saw water come out of a rock. They experienced some amazing things from the presence of God. I came to tell you this morning that you look at them and we see what God did for them and you're like, man, I would never turn my back on a God that did something like that. But yet, you've experienced God heal you. You've experienced God deliver you. You've experienced the majesty, the glory, the power and the provision of God, and yet we still turned our backs on God. God tells Moses, I'll give you the promise, but not my presence. And you know what's sad? Is that in this day and age, most of us would be okay with that. Just give me what you promised me. I don't care if you don't go, but I want the promise. Moses valued God's presence over God's presence. God's presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, over God's presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. And many of us serve God because we want the pre- we want to unwrap the presence of God. We want the gifts of God. We want the blessings of God. But we don't want the presence of God. Because when the presence shows up, it will change you to make you love people that are unlovable. It will make you forgive people that are unforgivable. It will make you compassionate to those that have hurt you. But the thing we want, we want the gifts of God, but we don't want the presence of God. Come on, somebody better hear me this morning. Moses understood that the presence of God the gifts of God are worthless without God's presence And so Like a spoiled child the children of Israel wanted more it was never enough They wanted the blessings of God without being faithful to God What's a trip is this? They don't take any responsibility Moses comes down Breaks the Ten Commandments, and he deals with the people because of their idolatry. And when he approaches the people in Aaron, Aaron says, now, I don't know what happened, dude. They gave me the gold. I threw it in the fire, and this calf came out. That, that's the word. I, I got the gold, and I threw it in the fire, and this golden calf jumped out. It was like it was meant to be. How many times were you knew you were wrong? And yet you still didn't take ownership for what you did. And it just happened. This is just the way it happened. And you're living by what, what Aaron is saying. It was fate. It was meant to take place, but he didn't tell them about the fact that he was the one that created the mold. He was the one that fashioned the gold. He was the one that melted it down, that he was the one that fashioned it, put it together, and then they begin to worship it. The very things that we make with our hands become the very things that we begin to worship. We begin to worship our success. We begin to worship our family. We begin to worship our job. We worship our our, our money, uh, the things that we've accomplished. But I came to tell you that those things mean nothing without the presence of God. God has reached his limit and judgment's about to fall. And God literally tells Moses this. Get a chance. Read chapter 32 and 33 of Exodus. God tells Moses this. You know what? I'm going to wipe out all of Israel. Israel. Just gonna wipe them out. And I'm gonna start over again. And I'm gonna make you, Moses, a great nation. Some of y'all in here, be like, dang, we do good. Destroy these people, they need to be destroyed. Some of these folk, I'm tired of dealing with them. God, God, wipe them out. Let's start all over again. Especially that group over there that came against me when we came out. That group over there that's been gossiping about me. That group over there that's been spreading rumors about me. Lord, wipe them all out and let's do this all over again. But I need you to understand who Moses was. Moses loved God's presence so much that he loved God's people just as much. When you love God, it makes you love people. When you love God, it makes you love people. So when God God tells Moses, I'm going to wipe out the children of Israel and I'm going to start brand new with you. Moses tells God this. You better blot me out too. Come on, You're going to kill the nation. Kill me too. That's good. Wow. Because if your presence doesn't go with us, I ain't going nowhere. Wow. Wow. I don't want the promised land. Without the promiser. Look, Pastor Dan, I thought God was love. God is 100% love. But God is also 100% holy and righteous. I love what Warren Wiersbe said. He says, truth without love is brutality. But love without truth is hypocrisy. You need truth to work alongside love they're not mutually exclusive and how many consider yourself to belong to the Lord even on you you belong to God that God God you belong to God that you're not you're not an orphan if you belong to God Hebrews chapter 12 verse 6 says this for the Lord disciplines Uh oh this is New Testament baby Well, you know, Pastor Dan, you're preaching out of the Old Testament right now, and you're talking about God ready to destroy. We're under the dispensation of grace. Well, tell that to Ananias and Sapphira, who were killed in the book of Acts for lying to the Holy Spirit. God's still just. God's still holy. For the Lord disciplines those he hates. Why does God discipline us? Why do you discipline your kids? It's out of love. You don't discipline your kids because you hate them. You discipline them because you love them. You you want to prepare them. You want to protect them. And God says, for the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts. As a child. And so if you belong to God, you better be prepared that when you get out of line, that your loving Heavenly Father loves you so much. I'm not going to allow you to get off and get off on that side. I'm going to bring you back in. I'm going to take the belt off. I'm going to take the off, if I have to. And I'm going to get you back into order. And I'm going to restore you and get you back where you need to be. Come on, somebody. Say amen. It's God's love that brings correction. I need you to understand, how many of you have ever put GPS on your, your car to get somewhere and then made a wrong turn? What, what happens after you make the wrong turn? Sister Clara is tapping her husband right now. She's like, I know someone that does that. Not him, just someone you know, right? What's it say? rerouting. What's correction? It reroutes you because you made a wrong turn and God loves you so much. He's trying to get you back into order to get you to the destination, to the plan that he has for your life. It reroutes you. I need you to understand that correction brings direction. Proverbs 12, one says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But he who hates correct, hates correction is stupid. I didn't write it. Pastor calling me stupid. No, I'm calling anyone that hates correction. I'm just reading God's word here, baby. Okay. So we, we want, we just want the love of God. But we don't want the holiness or the righteousness of God. And so I need you to understand, God tells Moses this in chapter 9 in in chapter 32, verse 9, I've seen these people, said, the Lord says to Moses, they're stiff neck. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. that I will make you a great nation. Man, forget Abraham, forget Isaac, forget Jacob. I'm just going to wipe these folks off because I am angry with these people right now. Listen, God has reached his limit with the children of Israel and he's about to bring judgment. I don't know about you, but as a parent, there's times I've come to my limit with my kids. God invites Moses to make him a great nation, but Moses refuses. See, I love what Moses does. If you're going to blot them out, blot me out as well. But, but listen closely as I get ready to close. Stay with me. As Moses is standing before God, he is standing between God and the people. God is angry. God God is about to deal with them. But I love what Moses does. He looks at God and says, If you destroy these people, the nation of Israel, uh, Egypt's gonna hear about it. And says that God wasn't powerful enough, he was powerful enough to deliver them. But he wasn't powerful enough to bring them into the promised land. So he destroyed them. What's he do? He reminds God of his promises. No, no, you didn't hear me. He reminds God of his promises. Listen carefully. The Bible says this in the book of Amos. And let, let me find that scripture real quick. Amos 3, 7 says, God does not do anything on earth until he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Before God does a thing, he always tells a human being. He always finds a prophet to share with them what his plan is. But he doesn't share with them what the plan is so that they could say, yeah, destroy them, God. He shares it with the man of God who loves God, someone that loves God because they love people. He shares it so that someone will stand in the gap on behalf of the people and pray, God, please don't destroy them. God, no, don't wipe them out. That's what God did when he came to Abram and said, I'm about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. God, would you do it if there was only 50 righteous people there? No. How about 45? No. How about 40? No. How about 35? And he negotiates with God all the way down to 10. Because God isn't looking to destroy. When God shares judgment, it's not that he wants to carry out judgment. The Word of God says that I look for a man to stand in the gap. Now you got to hear me this morning. I look for a man to stand in the gap. God shares his frustration. The Bible said he spoke to Moses like a man speaks to his friend. And God's just telling Moses his frustration. Have you ever been frustrated? Have you ever reached your boiling point? God shares with Moses and Moses says, God, remember. Remember. Remember your promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see, you can't remind God of his promises until you know what God's promises are. Moses stands in the gap on behalf behalf of the people. listen, Listen carefully. God, Moses' love for God caused him to love people that were stubborn hard to lead. I will never apologize for believing the best in people. Amen. Come on. Amen. I will never apologize for standing in the gap on, for people that deserve judgment. stand in the gap and believe God for restoration. So I'm, I'm not here just to point out your sin or our sin. I'm here to stir you to repentance. It, what, what blows me away about this is that you, you can't love God and hate his people. How do we do that? How can we love God but then hate God people the book of James calls you a liar but you don't know what they did to me it has nothing to do with that because he forgave me I have to forgive others as I close I want you to see see this part and this is the part that really moved me our land is in crisis right now We live in a time of crisis. But now's not the time to point fingers or attack one another. Now's the time for someone to rise up and stand in the gap. God's going to destroy the United States of America. Yeah, destroy them, God. Wipe them out. No, we need a Moses to rise up and say, God, if you're going to wipe them out, wipe me out as well. Someone that will stand in the gap on behalf of our nation that rises up and say, God, you can't destroy them. You can't do that. If you're going to wipe them out, wipe me out as well because God, you made a promise. You made a promise and we made a promise to you to be a nation under God. A nation that trusts in God. A nation that leans on God, that believes in God. I love what happens here. The Bible says that the Lord relents. God changes his mind. And after God changes his mind, check check the scripture out as I close. That's my third closing, the real one, okay? (laughs) It's the real one right here. Verse 15, then the Lord said to Moses, after God says, okay, I'll go with you. If your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and these people unless you go with us? What will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on earth? What made them different? What made Israel different than any other nation? It wasn't their size. It wasn't their wealth. It wasn't their power. It wasn't their glory. It was one thing. It was the presence of God that made them different from every other nation. What makes you? You're not better than anyone else. You're not stronger than anyone else. You're not prettier than everyone else. You're not more special than anyone else. But what separates you from the rest of the world is the presence of the living God that the Holy Spirit that lives inside you. That's what separates us. That's what sets us apart. It's the presence of God. It's not your house. It's not your wealth. It's not your talents. It's not your abilities. It's his presence. stand to your feet with me please what Moses was saying is I would rather live in the desert with you than to enter the promised land without you I don't know if that's our heart today God bless me with a nice house I don't need your presence. Just give me the things. We're more concerned with the hands of God than the heart of God. We serve God because we're trying to get something from his hand. Instead of trying to seek his face. Verse 18, this this blows me away as I close. It says, then Moses said, now show me, what? Show me, this brother's bold. He was just about to get wiped out with the whole nation. He's just about to get killed. They weren't about to even enter into the promised land. They were all about to get wiped out, and God relents. He gets what he wanted from God. God relents, and what's he do? One more thing, God. Show me your glory. What? Show me your glory. I want to see it. I want to experience your presence I want to know your presence I want to know your glory I want to see it and God says that what's what's amazing is God says yes you can't see my face because you can't handle it do you imagine this Moses greatest prophet to ever live God places him in a mountain cleft and as God is walking by, now you know God doesn't have hands, He doesn't have feet, he's, that God's a spirit. But as God passes by, the Bible says God literally put his hand over his face, and all Moses was able to see was the back of God. He experienced just the remnant of the presence of God. Moses was considered blessed because he saw the back. Here in this day and age, because of Jesus dying on the cross, raising again, we don't have to pray for the back of God. (laughs) We don't have to pray for a glimpse of God. God, just let me see a little... everyone in the Old Testament would have killed to experience what you and I have today is that I don't have to see the presence of God pass by I carry the Holy Spirit of God inside of me I carry the presence of God with me stop looking for the things of God and start carrying the glory of God I want to see the glory of God in my lifetime. I don't want to be a storyteller of what God did in the past. I want to experience God's presence in the now. I don't want to talk about Red Sea's opening, I want my Red Sea to open. I don't want to talk about Lazarus coming out of the grave, I want to see your family members come out of the grave. I don't want to talk about the upper room where 120 got filled, I want to see 120 filled when the upper room where God comes and begins to fill a hungry people that just want God that just want his presence Lord I don't want your presence I don't want the gifts I want you you can keep the gifts but I want you you can keep the blessings but I want you God more than anything else if you never answer another prayer if you never heal another body if you never deliver another person if I have your presence then I have everything that I need. I just want you. I just want you. I want to see God's glory in your family. I want to see God's glory in your business. Do you want God? Many of you are so used to going to church, but you've never had I apologize for that. Because I need to put more of a demand on you to experience God's glory. Not to put in 45 minutes into a church service, but to experience the glory of God that transforms you. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I'm going to open these altars. I want you to come spend some time before God this morning. Not because we need anything, not because I want something, I just want to experience God. Do you say this with me, Lord, show me your glory, Lord, show me your glory. Moses' relationship with God made him have the ability to ask God for what seemed impossible. It's relationship. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.